Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Titanic. Titanic was called the ship of dreams. And it was. It really was. Give me your hand. Trust me. I trust you. Open your eyes. I'm flying. Jack. You never know what hand you're going to get dealt next. Learn to take life as it comes at you. To make each day count. I will never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Titanic, and the story is as follows. A 17-year-old aristocrat falls in love with a kind but poor artist aboard the luxurious, ill-fated RMS Titanic. The film is starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet, Billy Zane, Kathy Bates, Francis Fisher, Bernard Hill, Jonathan Hyde, Danny Nucci, David Warner, and Bill Paxton. It is written and directed by James Cameron, and here to join me today for this Patreon podcast throwback review, I have... Lauren LaMagna. Hello. Nadia Dalamonte. Hi, everyone. Alyssa Christian. Hello. Lauren Cohen. I can see the Statue of Liberty already. <laughs> and Dan Bear. It's been 84 years. 25, actually. <laughs> it feels like 84, <laughs> damn it. Man, I am so, so excited. I cannot believe that we have made it to a point here on the Next Best Picture podcast where we are talking about James Cameron's Titanic. I feel like this is like one of those very special podcast that you dream about one day discussing at length here. Uh, and it's really, really exciting now that it's been re-released in theaters in a 4K restoration and in 3D IMAX. People are going back and watching it, rediscovering it, and in some cases seeing it for the first time. It's a really, really special thing. And it's something that obviously, as we all know, was a cultural phenomenon upon its release in December of 1997, really dominated the box office throughout early 1998, went on to become one of the most successful movies of all time. And doing so in the face of a lot of, well, adversity. A lot of people thought that this movie would fail and that it would not become the success uh, that it ultimately became. It launched the careers uh, to superstardom for Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, 
it officially made James Cameron the king of the world, went on to be nominated for the most Oscars in history, winning the most Oscars also in history. And it is still a beloved cornerstone of many of our lives and also by millions of people all over the world. You could be blasé about some things, but not about Titanic. (laughs) All right. So in discussing our relationship with this movie, which I know for many here is deeply personal and also in many ways too, probably multifaceted. um, I want to hear first from Lorne Cohen, actually. And then we'll get to the other Lauren. Don't you worry. (laughs) But Lauren Cohen, why don't you kick us off here? Uh, What has been your relationship with Titanic over the years? Did you get a chance to rewatch it recently for this episode? What do you think of it today? Yeah. um, Anyone who knows me, like they don't have to know anything about me. They don't have to know my age, nothing. They know that I'm obsessed with Titanic. That is the only thing anyone knows about me. And that's because I saw this when I was eight years old. And ever since then, it has been like, a love affair of a lifetime. Like this is my favorite movie of all time. This is the reason I love movies. This is the reason I work in film. This is the reason why I love Leonardo DiCaprio to death. And this is why I will always be upset that I'm too old to date him. Like (laughs) this movie is my everything. I mean, it is really weird. I saw this when I was eight years old and I remember thinking like, oh, um, this is really sad. Like I'm too young to date Leo. He's 22. I'm eight. Like we can never be together. And now I'm like, oh, it's so sad. I'm too old to date Leo. I'm 33. He's almost 50 and we can't be together. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, this is, this is the most important movie to me. And I, my relationship with Titanic is that like, I will say that this is one of the greatest movies ever made. And I could say that while knowing every single one of its faults and I can laugh at the corny dialogue I can laugh at some of the, you know, hammy performances, mainly um, Billy Zane, which I think is incredible. Um, All of that just makes me love it more. And I think that I've seen this movie hundreds of times. I mean, I really don't know how many times I've seen Titanic, but it always feels different on the big screen. It almost feels like you're watching it for the first time in some weird way. And I did get to see the re-release. It's been like the most important thing that was going to happen to me this year. And um, it was just so gorgeous. It was so special to see it on the big screen again. It looked amazing. And I think the thing that's meant the, has meant the most to me was I have friends who never saw Titanic who have now gotten to see it for the first time in a movie theater the way it was meant to be seen. So that has meant so much to me. And that's why this movie really needs to be re-released in theaters every five to ten years, I think. Amazing. Awesome. I absolutely love it. I Brock love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lauren LaMagna, we're up to you. Oh, man. Um, I don't even know where to start with this movie. Um, I guess I could start with the actual event. I loved the story of Titanic as a child. It was one of my histor- historical hyperfixations as a kid. And I saw the film when I think I was 11 or 10 I think it was this fall of 08 and my dad took me to a Titanic exhibit at the Discovery Center in New York City and that's when he like made the decision that I was old enough to finally see this film I knew there was a film about Titanic I didn't know what happened in the film but except for the part that there is the Titanic is in Titanic so everything else was new about it and we got the DVD we went to a blockbuster we got it And my brain chemistry altered that night and I was never the same. I know art is subjective. I know everyone has their opinions, but this is 
a perfect movie. This is the best movie ever made. And I'm aware that the word masterpiece is getting thrown around, but it really is a masterpiece. I love everything about this movie. A lot of people are going to say that this is, you know, their favorite best picture winner or their favorite romance movie or favorite disaster movie. This is my favorite. This is my favorite story of all time. And it solidified um, James Cameron as the best director in my eyes. I do not think the man has ever done anything wrong in his career. I think this is his best piece of work. I think it solidifies as one of the greatest films of all time that represents the magic of cinema and what can be accomplished when everything goes right. And I think it's kind of ridiculous that this film is as good as it is, despite, as you said, Matt, what happened behind the scenes. It has no right being this good. So the fact that it went through all of that and is perfect, essentially, um, it's a stars align, lightning in a bottle. The best people who were meant for the job got the job and did the best they possibly could. It, everything went right in the face of disaster. And I think that's a miracle. And I don't think anything is going to top this film for me in my life. And I'm okay with that because I think it's perfect. I don't like to see this movie a lot. I think the last time I saw it was 2012 when it was re-released um, in 3D back then. And it totally holds up today. I still get emotional. I still get totally swept up. The three hours fly by so fast. And I can't recommend this film enough. And I'm so excited that I'm here tonight to talk about why I love this movie so much. All right. Great. Let's hear next now from Dan Bear. So I have only seen Titanic all the way through from beginning to end in movie theaters. And oh I kind of. I, I kind of love that. <laughs> I never owned the two VHS set that is so iconic because after the first time I saw it, I was just like, I don't think I ever want to watch this at home. Like this is a, this is a, to quote Harry Styles, this is a movie movie, a real, you know, see it in the theater movie movie. And I saw it twice in the initial run. I was 13 years old and 13 years old when I first saw it, 14 the second time I saw it because I saw it near the beginning and then near the end of its run. Full houses both times. Insane. Like there will never be anything else quite like Titanic Mania. And then I saw it again with the last 3D release that they did and I thought that 3D was... (laughs) Shockingly well done, although it shouldn't be shocking because James Cameron knows what he's doing with 3D, clearly. Um, And now I've seen it again for this release, and you know, it never gets old. (laughs) Even though, like, some of, like, finally seeing it in, like, IMAX 3D, 4K restoration, like, some of the visual effects you can kind of see a little more now than, you know, back in 1997, but... I mean, the ones that don't work do not matter in the slightest in the face of those that do work. And this is just, for my money, it is like the absolute pinnacle of Hollywood art and commerce. The fact that this was known as Cameron's Folly and was just like the most cursed production ever. (laughs) 
and overrunning budget and schedule and reshoots and visual effects and PCP and just like everything that could go wrong. And no one thought this was going to be a good movie. Nobody. And then it came out and everyone had to eat their words. It was kind of great, honestly. It was the most incredible thing. And it still is the most incredible thing. It, it is everything you want out of a movie. And it's because James Cameron is just a damn good storyteller. It's nothing fancy, but you know within the first five seconds of meeting any character who they are, what they want. And that is all you need to get through any James Cameron movie. And it works like freaking gangbusters here. And I could pick a lot of nits with the performances, some with the scripts. But really, I love this movie. It's it's the best. It is like it is just the best. It's not my favorite movie ever made, but like I think that not loving this movie I, I i don't know that i want to know people who don't like this movie i feel like there's there's something wrong or missing or broken with people who don't like this movie okay well a lot of broken people out there i suppose but at the same time like i feel bad for them <laughs> the, the majority of the world dan i think shares your viewpoint otherwise the film would not be as successful as it is that's for sure True. All right. Let's hear next now from Alyssa Christian. Alyssa, thoughts, feelings, relationship with Titanic? Yeah. So like uh, other people here, this movie is very special to me. So I'm really excited to be talking about it. It was such a game changer for me, really, in terms of my love for cinema and going to the movies. I mean, I was only 10 years old when I came out, but I was kind of like a budding cinephile, I guess. <laughs> and so Titanic was the first PG-13 I saw in the theaters. That was a big deal on itself. And I believe I ended up seeing it a total of three times in the theater. And even these days, I don't really, you know, see movies that many times in the theater. So that was a big deal. And, you know, back then I would willingly like rewatch the same movie over and over. And at that time, it was definitely Titanic. I watched it many, many times. And after a while, I had, you know, the whole thing memorized. And I, I really remember just falling in love with the movie itself. I mean, maybe at the time it was probably because I had a huge crush on uh, Leo DiCaprio. He was my first celebrity crush, so that was a big deal, of course. <laughs> but uh, I really became obsessed with the movie, and uh, I even listened to the soundtrack, the score on repeat. I mean, it wasn't just the James Horner score. I was kind of obsessed, too, with My Heart Will Go On, so that got me to like worship Celine Dion. So that goes on and on. And then uh, I also, you know, when I got to be older, I became very interested in the historical aspect of the Titanic. And I actually was able to get to work alongside uh, Dr. Ballard, you know, who discovered the Titanic. So I got to meet him. And uh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> just casually dropping that piece of information on us <laughs> okay it's not as exciting as it sounds so i was working at my local aquarium and this was like 10 years ago and he still does some ocean exploration or he did at the time so he was uh, helping out you know he did some presentations so i was working 
No, not with him a lot, but I, yes, I did work with him on a number of occasions. That was really cool because we had a Titanic exhibit there. So that was really interesting. So yeah, just casually name dropping there, Dr. Ballard. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so that was a really amazing thing, especially as I was, you know, a huge Titanic fan and not just of the movie, but, you know, really interested in the history of that. So that was really cool. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. So the movie, back to the movie. I, you know, have loved it for 25 years, and uh, I used to have the the two part VHS. And I think like 10 years ago or whenever that was released, I got the the two disc, you know, set of the DVD. And I happened to still find that in my collection, so I watched that actually. Just finished it like an hour ago, so I was a little late to catch up, and uh, unfortunately I was not able to see it in 3D because there isn't really a whole lot near me that has 3D or IMAX, but I'm still happy that I was able to watch that, and it, it's really hard to believe. I mean, it's crazy to think that a movie that was released a quarter century ago still really holds up, and it still looks great. I mean, I was not expecting to cry as much as I did, especially during the nearer my God to the part I was sobbing and I was just sitting in my room, you know, with nobody around and I was still sobbing. So it's just amazing the power that this movie really has. Agreed. Agreed all around. Nadia Dalamante, up to you. Thoughts on Titanic. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, uh, well, my journey with Titanic began with the two VHS tapes, which I spent a lot of time rewinding. The iconic. Back uh, in the day. I You'll get your headlines, Mr. Ismay. And then it's like, all right, insert the new tape. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I actually, I hadn't seen it in theaters, uh, when it was first released. I think I was just too, a little too young to really register, but I remember being very conscious of its impact and specifically the impact of the, the Leo mania, which carried into the early two thousands, which is when I did end up first seeing Titanic. And I was completely stunned. I, I was, I just remember being so glued to the screen and caring so deeply about the characters of Jack and Rose and the magnitude of the storytelling, the emotional stakes, the incredible chemistry between Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet all became ingrained in my mind. I, I had never, I had never seen a, a movie of that scale and it is a true spectacle. It is peak romance in every way imaginable. The sweeping story about memory and I, what I think about it a lot is how enduring it is. Not only does it look so pristine 25 years later with the digital and practical effects at work and not to mention the insane attention to detail, it's just gripping storytelling I, I mean, all I have to do is just press play and I'm, I don't need to find the three hours. It just happens. I'll, I'll, I'm glued. My, my attention is, is held from the beginning 
just has that that element of discovery that James Cameron starts with just carries through. And and I think part of what Titanic succeeds so wonderfully at is its accessibility to audiences and really getting people involved on an experiential level to the point where you really feel like you're in a time capsule and you're you're falling in love with Jack and Rose as they're falling in love with each other. And it just it just it just opened me up even more emotionally to the the human the humanity of it all. And I mean, if you think about James Cameron's research, this could have been utterly fact-based down to every last character. But I think I think the balance of the fictional truth with the invention of Jack and Rose and surrounding them with as many factual elements and replicas and recreations as possible as as possible, I think he ends up achieving not only one of the greatest love stories in cinematic history, but also one of the most thoroughly detailed period pieces and one of the most stunning productions, which is really impressive, especially considering James Cameron's methodology as a filmmaker. He he gets involved across the board. It's not just one or two <laughs> elements. He really gets in his hands on every element pretty much. So his managing of the logistics of the production of this scale is just truly awe-inspiring. And I've always been such such a big fan. I've gone through periods where I would be really infatuated with it, and then I would kind of leave it alone for a bit. But all the while, it's still very much ingrained in my mind. And every time I rewatch it, I get this urge to do research and read books on it. And I, I fall right back into the rabbit hole of exploring it which I imagine is, I mean, that's how James Cameron feels to this day. I mean, he's doing, he's still doing experiments and tests to this day. So it's, it's ingrained in his mind as well. So that passion for the subject really comes through and it's just, it it really is timeless. I think the alchemy of this movie cannot be recreated. It's, it's one for the ages. It's a gift to humanity and I will never let go. Well, that was that was very cute. Um, (laughs) So I unfortunately did not see this movie in theaters back in 1997 or 1998. I have two younger sisters and they were not involved in this movie's hype or the mania, if you will, at the time of its release either. However, I had two cousins who are two years older than me. And they were obsessed. Oh, my God. I, I don't even know how many times they ended up seeing this movie in theaters. Somewhere between 7 and 11 times. I don't know why I have those numbers stuck in my head, but it was an obscene amount of times they went and saw this movie in the, in the theater. They were quoting it left and right. They had books on it. They were playing the soundtrack all the time. And me, as a 7-year-old, I actually had a lot of apprehension towards watching this movie initially because a lot of times the clips I would see were of the sinking itself. And it actually traumatized me a little bit as a kid. I was watching all this horrific stuff happen and all these people dying and my mind just couldn't handle that at the time. And I didn't want to watch this movie. I was really, really scared of it. I was scared to even go on a ship. I ha- I would have nightmares about sinking on a boat. Like, really, really terrible stuff. So it wasn't until many years later 
I wouldn't say many years, but a few years later. I would say probably around the time when I started getting like really heavily into filmmaking. So probably uh, I would say like a good four or five years after its release was the first time I watched it. And I watched it at home. Uh, I'm pretty sure I watched it on the double VHS. I'm almost positive because I do remember they had a copy of it. And I borrowed it. And then that became the DVD, which later on became the special edition DVD, which now has become a Blu-ray. And I'm sure at some point we're getting a 4K uh, Blu-ray release at some point, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, and I will just keep on rewatching it and coming back to it over and over and over again. And my relationship with it has changed a lot over the years. I remember especially at the time, like I said, when I was getting into uh, the process of filmmaking, I was really, really invested in the technical aspects of what went into the making of this. I was really blown away by its merger of practical and digital effects. And then actually, believe it or not, as I've gotten older, I've become more invested in the fictional story, uh, like you said, Nadia, and also, too, the history behind it all, too. I, I just finished watching, uh, right before we hopped on here, this, like, hour-and-a-half-long National Geographic documentary of, like, James Cameron and a series of experts trying to forensically piece together how the Titanic actually sank all these years later. And it's like, this guy... I saw that one. Yeah, like, he just keeps on finding a way to keep coming back to this. Like, it, it like... It's just never letting him go the same way that it's never letting us go in terms of our fascination with it, not just the movie, but also the history. I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the man literally got the studio to pay for his expedition to get footage. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he is obsessed and he has the means and the opportunities like no one else. But I, what I love so much about James Cameron is that making movies is actually like really his second priority as far as like what it feels like he's been called on to do in his life. It feels like his first priority as a human being on this planet is to do these deep water explorations uh, and figure out ways to not only uh, tell us um, about the past so that we can understand the present, but also to uh, give us warning signs about um, our uh, ever-changing environment and how climate change is ultimately real and is going to impact us all. He's continuing that message uh, with the Avatar movies. And it feels like in a lot of ways, like the abyss was the appetizer. And this became the full course meal in terms of his fascination with uh, deep dive explorations. And so the way that he was able to manage to incorporate this modern aspect of his own personal fascinations and then kind of create a character Brock Lovett played by the late Bill Paxton here and have him be like a surrogate James Cameron if you will like there's a lot of hubris in this movie I think coming from Jim but at the same time this is a filmmaker who like I said coming off of True Lies, The Abyss, Terminator 1, 2, Aliens like he is at the peak in terms of what it is that he can achieve when a studio is fully backing him and granted, this movie did go over budget. At the time of its release, it was the most expensive film ever made. It went over schedule. And I'm sure uh, he was definitely uh, pushing a lot of buttons over there at Paramount Pictures to get this film finished and hopefully, you know, as good as it ended up being. But at the time, it was a, it was a big risk that they were taking. And I love that every time that he releases a movie, he always swings for the fences. 
It's always go big or go home with James Cameron. And how much bigger can you possibly get than something like Titanic? This isn't even beginning to scratch the surface of what I think of what he's done here as a storyteller, um, what he was able to achieve with digital technology at the time, uh, how he was able to use uh, decades-old methods in terms of miniatures uh, to to the effect that he did here. There's so much to dive into with this movie, no pun intended, that I, I feel that the only way to really properly dissect what makes Titanic so special is to really just maybe break this down into sections, if we will. So to kind of kick us off here, one thing I'm hearing from a lot of you in your opening thoughts and a reason why we all gravitate towards Titanic still to this very day is that James Cameron, instead of presenting a series of factual events of the real life people that were on this ship, he created two characters, fictitious characters, and he basically said to the studio at the time when he pitched the idea, I'm going to do Romeo and Juliet on this ship. That's the movie. And that is ultimately what gets us to care about the actual sinking of the Titanic and the actual lives that were lost. It's this emotional investment that we have in this fictitious storyline between these two people. And because we care about Jack and Rose, we care about everything else. So let's kick it off first with the love story. Why does it work and why has it resonated with people all these years later? I mean, it works because Jack is a manic pixie dream boy. <laughs> well, obviously. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and Kate Winslet, you couldn't ask for better casting at the time. No, which is why it always like pains me to say that I don't think either of them are very good in the first half of the movie. Oh my gosh! No, no, no. I, I kind of share this sentiment a little oh bit. Like, I, I, no, 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 no. Let me let me backpedal a little bit. Like I'm not saying that they're bad. I don't know if that's what Dan's saying. No, <laughs> they're not bad. They're given very stiff dialogue. It's not them. It's, I think they're I think it's the lions. They're they're not able to overcome the dialogue. It's the, li it's the lines. I think yeah. I think Kate does a lot. I think she's working a lot. I think Leo has a lot less resources than she does, where he is just given these very on the surface lines. But it does. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the defender. It does work because when you are just when you're 20, like these are young people. When you're 20 and just mm talking for the first time with someone who you think is cute and is finally getting you and it's the first person or on rose's point of view it's the first person that actually sees your fire and instead of you know extinguishing it he's supporting it there is that weird awkwardness that comes with those conversations those interactions so it works for me but i will say that yeah the di the dialogue especially in the beginning between those two is not the best it doesn't help <laughs> I mean, think about the uh, first time that they meet, right? And she is going to kill herself by throwing herself off the back of the ship and Jack approaches her and he gives her the choice to not kill herself. And it's actually probably the first time in a long time that she's actually been like she's probably felt empowered uh, by somebody's encouragement to make a decision herself instead of somebody making a decision for her. And she chooses to not go over the side of the ship. She's the one who turns around to him. And I love like what you're saying there, Lauren, in regards to the fact that I think the reason why the relationship works as well as it does is because 
it's very, very simple. But Cameron keeps on giving us all these different examples to illustrate why it all works. She's trapped. He's free. He's going to help her to realize her full potential Mm -hmm. to live um, a full life. And that conversation has a double meaning because as an audience member, Mm -hmm. you're learning about the environment that they're in. It's not the ship that's dangerous. I think Cameron makes it very clear that he loves Titanic. Titanic is her own character and we love the ship. It's the environment that's dangerous. So we learn in that scene, you learn that the water is fatal. You learn that you will freeze in that water. It's not fun. It's painful. You will not survive it. So by the time, so that's already in our mind within the first, what, 45 minutes of this movie. So by the time we're getting closer to the iceberg, that's how we learn. And that's where the fear comes in. Oh, it's not just them sinking. It's them going in this very dangerous water. So I think that's really smart that he has these quote unquote cheesy dialogues, but there's three layers to each conversation that they have. We're learning something and we're learning more about the characters. I know like this screenplay gets a lot of shit from people, but like the exposition in Titanic should be taught in screenwriting courses. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like it is so good. Oh, in terms of how he lays the foundation for explaining how the ship sinks. Yeah, I and love that. If it's scene. not enough to uh, tell you via dialogue, here's a uh, a digital animation that we're going to do as a demonstration for old Rose to show both her and the audience how the ship went down. It's like you couldn't ask for better explanations behind the like like Lauren, you, you mentioned the, the time, but it's not just also, you know, the dangers of the water and the ship and the lifeboats and it, but it's also societal, too. Yeah, the ship is in dangers. It's the environment. Yeah. He goes to great lengths to explain how women during that time were expected to behave by their husbands, by their uh, families, according to society, and really, I think, paints a very vivid picture of this divide between the different classes on the ship. And that's all exemplified then through Jack and Rose. And I think another reason why that dynamic works so well is that you do get to see a lot of Rose's arc throughout the movie. I mean, she definitely has, of all the characters, I would say, the biggest arc where you can really see the evolution of her character from someone who is this poise young girl uh, dealing with all these pressures from her mom, from her fiance, in terms of how she needs to behave, trapped in this endless parade of parties and pleasantries and this mindless chatter. And then Jack just opens up the entire world for her. And she turns out to be very similar to him in terms of her spirit and her creativity. So he's bringing out that fire that's always been there. I mean, I love how you kind of see moments like that at the beginning, too, where Rose has these scorchers of lines from the get-go where there's one line at the beginning where she says, the only difference between my taste and Cal's is that I have some. And Yes. Look, God, that Picasso line is so bad. <laughs> something Picasso. Picasso. Who wrote about to a thing? I, I lose it every single time <laughs> she brings up Freud. To oh Freud, who is he? Is he a passenger? <laughs> it kills me every She's 17 time. years old. 
Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to our preview of our review for Titanic here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full-length, over three-hour-long review, you will have to head on over to Next Best Picture's Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.